We have praise around Pastor Michael Jakes and welcome to the Line by Line podcast, also known as the Monday Night Bible Study. We're here once again with a Bible study for your soul. We pray that all is well once again with you as we do open up the Word of God. Amen. As always, we're streaming right now over Facebook, YouTube, and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform. Amen. Tonight, we are continuing in our verse-by-verse study in the book of Matthew. We we have reached Matthew chapter 15, amen? And there are some very interesting things going on here in chapter 15. We're talking about religion. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about uh, relationship. We're talking about traditionalism, all of this. Plus, Jesus is going to have another powerful look at the faith. Of an individual that you would not expect it from. Amen. And so once again, grab your Bibles, your smart device. It is time, as we said, for the Line by Line podcast. We'll be right back. your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us this opportunity to uh, open up your word, Lord Jesus. Lord, uh, without your word, Lord, we would be nowhere. We'd be drifting, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for all that you have done for us, for all that you are going to do for us. Tonight, as we venture into your word, Lord, we pray that you will open up more truth for us, Lord Jesus. Lord, show us uh, how to live. Show us uh, you as we open up uh, the words of scripture, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray uh, that we do no violence to your word. Lord, put flesh in the background. Lord, I pray that your power and your spirit will be predominant. Lord, have your way. Bless us together right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. We are in Matthew chapter number 15. Amen. And uh, if I have not said it already, and I don't think I did, uh, if you're watching over Facebook, uh, you can share out this page that others also uh, may be blessed on tonight. Amen. Alrighty, Matthew chapter number 15, and let's start reading in verse number 1. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Now when you see that, uh, when you see the chapter open up, with then came the scribes and the Pharisees to Jesus, they're coming to him before they're coming, because they are coming for him. God bless you, Tracy T. They are coming to Jesus because they are coming for him. Uh, they've already, they've long made up their minds uh, that they want uh, to take Jesus down. Uh, and they will do all that's in their power uh, to do so. And so here they come, uh, coming for Jesus. Verse number two. Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. That was their question. 
They wanted to know why Jesus' disciples were not washing their hands before they ate bread. Now, a little information concerning this, uh, this practice. This was not uh, something that was done uh, for sanitization. This was not done uh, for cleanliness. This was a, this was a ritual uh, practice. And so they wanted to know why Jesus' disciples uh, were violating uh, the tradition of the elders. Notice, they didn't say, why are your disciples violating scripture? They were violating tradition that had been handed down, passed down from generation to generation. And they wanted answers. They do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now, Jesus is going to uh, respond to this with another question. He's going to clear up this this problem that they had, but he's going to ask them a question. Verse number three, but he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? He answers their question with a, with a question. You see, what was prevalent in Jesus' day, especially amongst the scribes and the Pharisees, there was a religious externalism. And it was predominant. It was prevalent here, especially within these groups uh, that thought that they were uh, God's answer to man. They thought that they were righteous. They thought that they uh, had uh, the thumbs up from God in all that they did, uh, but they did not. And Jesus was, was going to tell them exactly uh, what they are. He's going to tell them exactly what they are uh, in just a few verses. But here we see, here we see how tradition, tradition can push scripture out of the way. Tradition will make the word of God of none effect. Let's read on. Verse number four. He's going, and Jesus is going to give an example. For example, in other words, Jesus is saying, listen, for God commanded saying, honor thy father and mother. And he that curses a father or mother, let him die the death. That's scripture. That's what the word of God says. He says, ah, but you say, okay, in opposition to scripture, you say, whosoever shall say to his father or mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. I want to read five and six together and then explain it. And honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Now here, uh, it was by law, the child or children of the parents were to take care of their parents once the parents uh, got up in age. But if a particular child uh, was no longer desiring to take care of his children with the money that had been, take care of his parents rather, with the money that had been allotted to do so, he could find a, a priest that was corrupt and take the money and give it as a gift to the temple. And that priest would take a portion of it, sometimes the entire thing, but would take a portion of it and give it back to them. And by this, and notice what it says here in verse number six, and honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. When this act was done, 
the crooked priest would pronounce this act as a righteous act. This was righteous. To cover up all of their pushing scripture away, this is a righteous act. Giving the money to the temple, putting money uh, in the crooked priest's pocket, basically. The individual who should have been taking care of his parents are now free from his obligation to take care of his parents. Now, this was a tradition put in place by the elders. Okay? This was not scripture at all. They just, you want to call it revising? You want to call it modifying? It, it, it's worse than that. They just blotted out what scripture said. Okay? Just blotted it out. Okay? Thus, by doing so, Jesus says, you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You see, many times, and let me just dig in right here, many times, uh, churches, churches, whomever they may be, churches can be guilty of, we ourselves can be guilty of putting things in place. Let's talk about churches first. Churches can be guilty of putting things in place within their congregation and, and, and putting them in such a place that they become almost as if it was scripture. Why do you do what you do? Because the answer is, because that's how we've always done it. But is it scripture? Now, now this is not saying, listen, there's nothing wrong with tradition. Tradition is a good thing. Tradition is a healthy thing. But tradition must never uh, overtake or push scripture out of the way. And there lies the problem. Their tradition annulled and made scripture void. If you do not honor your father and mother, death awaited if you do not honor your father and mother. Here, it was a dishonor to your mother and father by taking the money to take care of them and giving it to uh, the priest or giving it to the temple, making it look like it was a good thing, but that's not what scripture says to do. Take care of your parents in advanced age, according to the law. And so they made scripture of no effect. I see what scripture says. I hear what scripture says. But here, I have an idea. Here, this is good. This is good. This is a godly thing. I'm giving it to, to a worthy cause. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, it was. Because that's not what scripture said. And that's how tradition of men can make scripture of none effect. No effect. It has no, it ha, it, it no longer has its power. Because you have overridden it by your own laws and traditions and the things that you have put in place. Once again, churches are guilty of this and people, individuals, just putting things in place to sort of modify what scripture actually says. And this is something that ought not to be done. And we have to be very careful not to do that for ourselves. And if we are in a particular a church that seems to be uh, adding things to scripture, and by adding things to scripture, you are actually nullifying scripture. But if there, if you are going to a church that is adding to scripture things that are not written within, listen, every church, every, every congregation, every leader, every pastor, bishop, whatever you want to call him or her, they must, whatever is done, must stay within the parameters of the word of God. When you go outside of the parameters of the word of God, you have ridden into trouble, okay? And this is something that must not be done. This is why leadership, 
needs to make sure they are hearing from God and not hearing from themselves. That must that that is something that must uh, be taken into account. Leadership must hear from the Lord and not from themselves. Something that sounds like a great idea. It may sound like a great idea, but is it within the parameters of scripture? Amen. Verse number seven. And here, Jesus, right in their presence, not talking behind their backs, he is right in their faces, and Jesus tells them in verse number seven, ye hypocrites, hypocrites. Now, let me give you the definition of that word hypocrites. The word hypocrite is just simply, scripturally, uh, the word hypocrite originally meant someone who was playing a role, someone who was playing a part, an actor or actress, that is the original meaning of the word hypocrite. And so what Jesus is telling the, the, telling, uh, the Pharisees, he is telling them, and the scribes, he is telling them that you are playing a part. You are playing a part of a righteous person. You are putting on a show and act. You are not really what you seem to be. You have on a mask, and that is how actors would act. Uh, in shows and plays uh, in those days. Uh, there were not so much costumes, but every actor actually wore a literal mask over their face to let the audience know they're part of, of that particular uh, event. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah or Isaiah prophesied of you, saying, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And this is something that can happen to any one of us. If we are not careful, if any one of us uh, begins to, as the Pharisees were, they were they had all the right words. They knew all the right words. They spoke all the right words, but they were not living out what they knew and what they spoke. And that is a pure sign of a hypocrite, someone who is playing a part, wanting you to see the external, the outward, but something totally different is taking place on the inside. Uh, Jesus went on, would go on, uh, in other parts of the Gospels to, to say that this same group of people, scribes and the Pharisees, uh, that they, that they, 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 on the outside, uh, they were like, uh, 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 finally, trying to get it straight in my mind, finally washed uh, fences, but inside they were like, inside they were like dead men's bones. So what you see on the outside is not exactly what is taking place on the inside. On the outside, the facade looks good and clean and well and right and righteous. But on the inside was another story. And this is what Jesus says here. You honor me. You draw nigh to me with your lips. But your heart is far from me. Where is our heart? We need to take account of ourselves. Where, where is your heart? Where is my heart? Uh, as I pray, as I worship, as I serve, where is my heart? Is my heart in the right place? Do I have the proper motives for doing what I do? 
whatever in whatever capacity I serve in. Am I doing it because I want to be seen, because I want to be known, or am I doing it because he's called me to do it and I love him and I just want to do what he wants me to do? There needs to be, we need to make sure that we are coming from our heart. The Bible says uh, that from the heart, out of the heart, are the issues of life. The book of Proverbs, the heart, the issues of life. So we must be very, very careful. Verse number nine, and for this reason, Jesus tells them, but in vain do they worship me. Let's stop right there. In vain do they worship me. Why? Because their worship is not being accepted by God. Why? Because their heart is in the wrong place. Read the first chapter of Isaiah. Let me go there. Let me go there real quick before we uh, continue here uh, in the book of Matthew. Let me go to Isaiah uh, chapter number one. Isaiah chapter number one. Powerful. Let me get there. All right. Three, two. Isaiah chapter number one. Now, here in Isaiah uh, chapter number one, here's what Isaiah says. And this is a revelation given by the Holy Spirit to the prophet Isaiah. Let me start in verse number six. Talking about, talking about the nation Israel. Talking about the nation Israel, but also uh, it can be, it also, it can be applied to individuals. Okay, but here's what it says. Isaiah chapter one and verse number six. From the sole of the foot, talking about Judah, not Israel. Uh, technically, he's talking to Judah. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. He says, uh, your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, uh, strangers devour in it. Uh, in it, the presence of it, and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. So once again, that's what he's talking about. And here's what he says. Here's what he says. In verse number uh, 13, bring no more vain oblations, incenses and abominations unto me, the new moons and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with, it is iniquity, even the solemn assembly. So he says, listen, everything that you're doing is tainted because you're not right. You're going through the motions. And that's what, if I go, let's go back to Matthew. And this is what has happened uh, here with the scribes and Pharisees. They were going through the motions. They were speaking the right things and talking the right things, but they were not doing the right things. Amen. And the same thing can happen to us if we are not careful. We need to keep our eyes and our focus on Christ and who he is. Amen. He says, so you worship me in vain, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. When a church or an individual takes these man-made rules and regulations and laws and treat them as if they were actual teachings from Scripture, there is a problem. There is a problem. Amen. So we need to be very, very careful, very, very careful. We need to be careful how we interpret scripture. Many scriptures can be taken out of context and twisted and made to say something else. Listen, I heard someone say years ago, and, and I have since made this statement because I found it to be true. 
that if you know scripture, if, if, if you have a, a handle on scripture and you're speaking to someone who does not know anything of scripture, in essence, you can twist and turn the scripture in any way if, you're, if you are that type of individual, if you are crooked, corrupt, and you are just that type of person. You can take scripture and make it say whatever you want to someone who is unlearned in scripture and unknowledgeable. You, you, it, it can be done. It's called scripture twisting. You can make scripture sound and say what you want it to say to who you want it to say it to. Okay, I know that sounds confusing, but it can be done. It can be done. Amen? Uh, that's why, once again, pastors, preachers, teachers, leaders, those who handle the word, must make sure they hear from God and not put our own turn into Scripture, not put our own, uh, un our own understanding, okay, and our own belief systems in what scripture says. We must say what scripture says at all times. Amen. Verse number 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Having dealt with the scribes and the Pharisees, now Jesus is turning to the people. The scribes and the Pharisees might be right there, but now Jesus turns to the multitude now. And he wants to speak further on this issue. He says, not that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Now, once again, he's, refer he's referring back to their original question about the washing of hands. Okay? The, 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 the washing of hands. It's not the washing of the hands that made one righteous or not righteous. That out that outward, that external thing. No, 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 that's not. Jesus said it's what's come what comes out of a person that is what defiles him or 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 makes them unclean. Verse number 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Oh. <laughs> The Pharisees were offended by what Jesus said. Uh, and his disciples are letting Jesus know, hey, you, you just made some enemies. They were already his enemies, but you offended them. You see, it, it is a good thing to be offended if being offended is going to turn an individual around. Okay? If being offended does not turn an individual around and make them see the truth or see the light, then being offended would, will just dig them deeper into their anger, into their frustration, into their opposition. And obviously this is what takes place in the case of the scribes and the Pharisees versus Jesus. They, they, they hunger down. Okay, now, they, now their feelings were hurt. Now they were offended and now they were really going to go after him. But verse number 13, Jesus answers, Every plant... Which my father, which my heavenly father hath not planted, shall be rooted up. Once again, these leaders, these quote religious people, they were imposters. Jesus told them on told the people on another occasion to hear what they say, but do not do what they do, please. Because some of the things, some of the things that they said were true and correct. 
because the scribes and the Pharisees did have a handle on the law. The problem was the thing, the time when they when they added to the law. They knew perfectly well what law said. They knew the difference between what law said and what their traditions said. But they thought that they believed that their tradition sort of helped out the law to keep the law in place. But that is not uh, what was happening. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Jesus is foreshadowing their demise, their spiritual demise, unless they would come to him and receive him uh, as their savior and believe on him as the Messiah. They will be rooted up. Jesus says in verse number 14, let them alone. Leave them be. We have no fear of them or what they can say or what they can do to us. Leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. Mm. Blind leaders of the blind. Listen, if the teachers are blind, rather, let's start with the people. If the people are blind and they don't know and they don't understand, and standing before them is another blind person who has no clue what is going to happen. Jesus says, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. Here's what I know. If you want to know truth, if you want to know the truth, God, I do not believe for a moment that God will conceal truth from you. Truth concerning who he is and what he has done. You see, what we have, what, what has taken place, what has taken place uh, in many quarters in our churches. And once again, I'm not pinpointing a particular church because I haven't been to a, all churches. But I do know in many churches... Uh, what has uh, taken place is that false teaching, and you hear me talk about false teaching a lot, uh, because it is responsible uh, for a weakening, a weakening of the body. When you, when false teaching appears, what has happened? It will dilute, and 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 it can it can it can subvert and push away. The truth, the only thing that can fight against false teaching is the truth. And the truth must abound. It must abound. Truth is the only thing that will devour lies, the truth. But when there is so much falseness, teaching that is, we have to be very, very careful. The blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. Some folk don't want to know the truth. Some folk just have itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me words that make me feel good. Tell me how much money I'm going to have. Tell me how many houses I can have. Tell me all the good things. Tickle my ears. And just tell me lies. Make me feel good. And that, that is not the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. 
That is not the gospel. The gospel is not about doing such a thing. The gospel, the gospel is about the truth. And there are times, of course, where judgment must begin in the house of God. And that the man or woman of God, leadership, must speak about sin. Sin. Okay? And, and, and it's necessary. We must preach the full counsel of God's word. Amen? The full counsel of God's word. That's so important. Verse number 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. So Peter here, he still is not quite understanding what Jesus is trying to say. He still doesn't, he's still not figuring out what, what do you mean, uh, what do you mean every plant with, that my heavenly father shall, uh, you know, verse number 13. Uh, I, I'm not quite getting it. There's verses 13 and 14. Jesus, and Jesus says, in the only way that Jesus can say it, are ye also yet without understanding? You still don't understand me? You, you still don't understand what I said? Listen. Do you not, verse number 17, do not ye yet understand that whatever, whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. You see where Jesus takes us? Jesus takes us once again back to the heart. This is what Jesus meant in verse number 8 when he says, Their heart is far from me, teaching for the commandments of men uh, these traditions. Uh, he says, Out of the heart proceedeth, uh, um, they defile the man. For out of the heart, I got 18 and 19 mixed up for a moment. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man or make him unclean. But to eat with unwashing hands defiles not a man. That doesn't defile you. You're not you're not violating anything. You're not becoming unclean because you don't wash your hands. Now he's talking about ceremonially. Ceremonially. He's not, he's not talking about for cleansing. Listen, wash your hands. Okay, when before you eat, wash your hands. Wash your hands before. Wash your hands. Okay, so this is not Jesus is not saying don't wash that washing hands has no purpose. Yeah. Yeah, physically, yes. Physically, of course. Jesus is talking about ceremonially ceremonially if they neglect to wash their hands ceremonially ceremonially it does not now mean that they are wicked they are evil they are now unclean no no it's outward it's external it's what comes out of you that is will defile you that is what is most uh important but now, now listen we read in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9, that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Uh, look at these things that come from the heart of people. Evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, and, and so much more. The works of the flesh, which we read about in Galatians chapter number 5. And more than that, amen, uh, all of these things proceed from the heart. 
heart. The heart. Once again, we must guard our hearts because out of our hearts are the issues of life. The heart. We must make sure uh, that we cleanse our hearts. And the only way that we can cleanse our hearts, ladies and gentlemen, we cleanse our hearts at the cross. At the cross. We must daily go to the cross. Listen, do not listen to those teachers. And I, I say this quite a bit here. Do not listen to those teachers that tell you that the Holy Spirit does not convict you of sin. It is a lie. It is borderline, if not blasphemy. Yes, you cannot subtract, take away from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts his people of sin. We read about that in the book of Hebrews. And it, it, Listen, the Holy Spirit convicts his people of sin. Why else? Why else are we told to ask God to forgive us in 1 John 1, 9? Because we've sinned. How do we know? How do we know that we've sinned? How do you know as a Christian, how do you even know that you have sinned? Because the Holy Spirit lets you know. He lets you know. He speaks. He, 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 he you know. I, I, I cannot explain the movement and operation of the Spirit. He informs you. He tells you. You know when you have sinned. You know when you have spoken the wrong thing. You know when you have thought the wrong thing. You know when you have done the wrong thing. You know. And many times, uh, you know before time, if there is something, ever something premeditated. You know before time. The Holy Spirit within you will check you. He will not allow you to live, to live in sin. It's his ministry. It's part of his ministry. He convicts his people of sin. Amen? So don't listen to those who tell you otherwise. Verse number 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now Jesus is going to go uh, into more or less Gentile territory. And behold, a woman of Canaan. Let's stop right there. Canaan. The Canaanites were enemies of God's people from the time of the Old Testament. But now Jesus is here. And he's going to have this event happen with this woman of Canaan. Powerful. This woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. Listen to her. O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She had a daughter who was possessed. And she's coming to Jesus for help. Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? She comes to Jesus. But he answered her not a word. Oh my. Oh my. What do you do when you come to Jesus? When you come to Jesus with your needs, with your very serious needs, and you don't seem to get a response. 
You don't seem to get an answer. What do you do? What do you do? His disciples came, I'm still in verse number 23, and besought him saying, send her away. For she cried after, after us. His disciples are telling Jesus, listen, she's a nuisance. She's been crying after us for a while. Listen, just come on. Just send her away. Send her away. But, now listen to this now. She's already been in her, maybe in her mind. I don't know what she, I don't know what she's thinking. But she's, Jesus did not answer her. Here's her plea. My daughter is vexed. She's possessed with a demon. Help! And Jesus seems to ignore her. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Woo! Seems to me that Jesus is saying, I didn't come for them. <laughs> I didn't come for Gentiles. I came for the lost sheep of Israel. That's a Canaanite woman right there. I didn't come for them. So I can't hear her. That seems to be what Jesus is saying. Trust me, that, that, that's, you're going to see what happens. That seems to be what he's saying. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. In spite of the fact that she didn't receive a response the first time, in spite of the fact that Jesus seems to put her aside a second time, she comes and she says, help. Let me ask you a question. How bad do you want what you want? This reminds me of a, a simple story. Uh, it's a little story. I, I heard it years ago. I heard it many times from, from a particular pastor uh, years ago. But he, he told the story uh, of a woman, and I'm going way back, okay? I'm going way back. Uh, he told the story of a woman who came to the altar to see a particular pastor uh, after the service and said, uh, you know, help, my, my son is not doing well, and, and my son needs the Lord. And, 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 and that's, all, that's all the individual said. And the answer from that particular preacher who had preached the messages, is when I see, when I see you in tears, pleading for your child, then you can come back. I heard that story years ago, and I'm quite sure I'm I, I'm remembering it just as it was said. What what that what that story simply says is how bad do you want what it is? How bad how how bad is it? This woman could have walked away after Jesus seemed to ignore her. Mm. Now, let me tell you this. Jesus, it is no doubt that Jesus, because he's Jesus, knew all along what he was going to do. You have to operate from that premise. Jesus knew what he was going to do. Can I say, Jesus? well, Jesus didn't know what he was going to do. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And let me say this. Jesus came here. Through Canaan, there's a, another place in scripture uh, where when Jesus dealt with the woman at the well, and, and the Bible says, I believe it's in the book of John, and it says that Jesus must needs go through a certain area. He had to go through that area. Why? Because the woman at the well was there. 
And in the same way, I do believe, and I believe it, it applies here, that Jesus had to go through, he needed to go through Tyre and Sidon. Why? Because this woman of Canaan was here. Jesus knew what he was doing at all times. The woman didn't take him by surprise. But here, it goes on. She worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And yes, Tracy T., she was persistent. How bad is your need? Persistence. Persistence. Do not give up. No. No. I can see the woman now saying, oh, well. No, not this woman. Not this woman. No. I'm coming to Jesus because I know Jesus can do for me what needs to be done. Only Jesus. Possibly she's gone to other places, other individuals. Scripture doesn't say so. I don't want to add to Scripture. But she sees Jesus and she knows who he is and she knows what he has done and she knows what he is capable of doing. And she says, help. And she's not letting it go. Help. Help. And Jesus makes another statement. Testing her. How bad do you want it? But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. My oh my. Sounds like, a, sounds like an evil epithet that he was calling her names. It was actually a term of, term of endearment. Uh, it wasn't, it, Jesus was not slighting her or calling her out. Or, and that, that's not what's taking place here. But once again, and Jews understood, Jews of the day understood what this, uh, what this meant. Okay, so the woman was not offended. And she said, and the woman of Canaan said, truth, Lord. <laughs> Yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Mm. The dogs eat of the crumbs. You don't have to give me the full, you don't have to give me the full measure of what you have. You don't have to give me all your power. Listen, just give me a crumb and that will do. My child will be healed if you just give me just, I don't want everything you have. Just give me a crumb. Just give me a tidbit and that's all it will take and my child will be healed and I will leave you alone. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, <laughs> great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Faith. Faith and persistence. Let me say that again. Faith and persistence. This woman would not give up. She had four opportunities. Count them. She had four opportunities to walk away in frustration. Four. Jesus did not answer her the first time. He tells the disciple, I'm only come for the lost sheep of Israel. It is not meat to cast, uh, it is not meat to take the children's bread 
and cast it uh, to the dogs. Three, excuse me, three opportunities to walk away in frustration. And all that did was increase her perseverance. She was all the more determined to get what she needed. Not what she wanted. It's not about wants. She was all the more determined to get what she needed from the Lord. And her faith won out. Her perseverance won out. Can you and I say we have that type of faith? We have that type of faith. You know, I can remember, I can remember my daughter when I used to walk into school years ago. Uh, we would walk by this house that we would that would be on our way to taking her to school, walking her to school. And we would see this big house all the time. And my daughter, we would walk past her, I'm holding her hand, and she would say, Daddy. I want a house like that. I want a house like that. I believe I believe we can have a house like that. Now, this was out of the mouth of babe. She was seven, eight years old at the time. And I said, yeah, baby, yeah. She didn't understand about credit. She didn't understand about not having the means or the way. She, she, she didn't understand that we, in our at least in our thinking, didn't have any way that we could do that. But don't you know, don't you know that we bought a house in that neighborhood? It's a long story. I will not, I will not get into it. But the reason why we had that house, I must say to this day, I told my wife this and I told others. The reason why we had that house was not because of my own faith. Because I saw what I saw. I saw not enough money. I saw not enough resources. I saw all of these negative things. And I could not get it into my mind how we would get this house. We bought the house and we stayed in that house for about 18 or so years. I could not see it. I could not see it. But years... Time after that, my daughter's gone now, but I you know, said she was right. She had faith. She had faith that I didn't have. More wit. Like I said, we were we got into that house not because of my faith. It was the faith of others. Now, when I saw it all coming to fruition, I, Lord, wow, Lord, Lord. And I remember that day. That day when we went to that closing and we got that key and I walked into the house and I, and I said, I have a key to my own house. I can't, I cannot believe this. And I unlocked the door and I stood in there and I said, I have a house. It, 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 listen, it was the culmination of several months of prayer. But once again, the faith, I cannot boast that I had the faith. My little girl, she just believed as we walked past that house every day. I think that we could get a house. And I just, oh, no, I'm the sad sack saying, no, you don't know. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Amen. So that's what God can do. Woman, great is thy faith. 
let it be it unto you, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. So God is good. God is good. We must believe. When we believe, when we believe, powerful things can happen. Powerful things can happen when we believe. You see, I didn't yet know. I didn't yet understand. And the Lord is still teaching me the, the art of sight. The art of sight. The art of sight, we find it in, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians, I believe it was 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4. Chapter 4, verse number uh, 24. I don't want to read it right now. But it's seeing, don't look. Basically, the premise is don't look at the things that you can see. See the things that you cannot see. And I didn't understand all that yet then. I just saw what I saw. And the reality of it was, did not look good. But I wasn't seeing what I couldn't see. God's power, God's mercy, uh, God's provision. I, 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 I just saw a mess. No ability to be able to, for it to happen. Faith. Faith will bring about, as scripture says, faith in God, as the song and scripture says, faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Whatever it is that you are facing, whatever it is that you are dealing with, faith. Oh my. Faith in God. Amen. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. Amen. That's what God can do. That's what God can do. Amen. He can do anything. My God can do anything. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us this time in your word, Lord Jesus. And, and as we read your word, Lord, we can recall we can recall all the times, so many times that you that you came through for us. Uh, even when we did not believe, even when we could not when we could not gather ourselves enough to just trust you, Lord, you still by your grace you brought us through and you provided. Lord, over the years, Lord, you have been so good. Lord, you have put food on our table. Lord, people have showed up. People showed up at our door when we didn't have anything, anything. You people, you brought people to our door that said, God told me to give this to you. Lord, and to this day, to this day, people, we have, we have provision now more than what we had then. But to this day, people still we will never go hungry. People, Lord, you provide for your people. So, Lord, we pray and we thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And, Lord, Lord, you do so much for all of your people, Lord Jesus. Lord, I know that there are many testimonies of those under the sound of your word tonight who have also been brought through difficult situations, uh, who have been tested. Uh, their faith has been uh, tested. Many, maybe many of them have not trusted and, and then have trusted. But Lord, we know that you are the God who provides. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you have done and for what you are going to do. We thank you for all things, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We bless you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, Arigna. Amen. I see. Amen. But it's true. It is so true. Amen. We have to put the situations, we have to put our different situations in the hands of the Lord. Amen. And uh, the Lord, the Lord will bring it about. I mean, stop, stop looking at what you see. And, 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 and it's so true. Once again, just we, we look at what we see and we come with, uh, we, once we see what we see, we make up our minds that this is how it is. But God doesn't have the same sight as we do. We, we, we must get the same sight as he does, as much as we are able. See what you cannot see. Amen. See what you cannot see. Amen. You know the story of the prophet who had uh, his servant and, and they were surrounded by the enemy. And once they were surrounded by the enemy, uh, this, his servant came and said, look at all of the enemy. They're coming toward us. But what the servant couldn't see was that they were surrounded by the armies of God. And he prayed for his servant, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And when he opened his eyes, he also too saw that they were surrounded by the armies of God protecting them. Amen. See what you cannot see. And that, that is what we need to do. Even as we live our, our lives on a daily basis, Lord, help me to see as you do. So we thank you. We thank you for, for joining us here uh, on tonight. Uh, God bless you, Tracy T., and Arigna, and the others who are watching, uh, God bless you. I want to thank you once again for being here. Uh, we're continuing uh, to move forward. Uh, next week we will continue uh, in verse number 29. We'll probably finish the, off this chapter and possibly get into the next chapter. We shall see. Uh, we are, once again, as we always say in the Line by Line podcast, uh, we are not in any rush. Amen. God bless you too, Dawn. Amen. Good to see you. Uh, we are never in any rush to get through uh, the word of God. Amen. Never, ever, never, ever, ever. <laughs> okay. So once again, as always, we want to invite you to join us. I want to invite you to join us uh, here as we continue uh, with ministry throughout the week. Uh, tomorrow night on the Bible Speaks Live podcast, uh, our topic tomorrow night is what to do when the fox speaks. What to do when the fox speaks. Now, who is the fox? What is the fox talking about? Uh, well, we shall find out on tomorrow night. It's the Christian response to intimidation. Amen. Uh, intimidation can cause much problems uh, in our lives. And so we want to learn how to deal with intimidation. Amen. So join us tomorrow night at 8 o'clock right here. Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker.com. What to do when the fox speaks amen and on wednesday night eight o'clock we will be here with the cutting it right bible study uh we will be bringing you the first principles of the christian life continuing uh in our lesson entitled uh talking about the uh the eternal state the eternal state amen the reality of hell and the lake of fire that'll be part two and that's coming up Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Please do not miss it. It's going to, uh, 
go straight forward talking about this place called hell. And next week, obviously, uh, we will be talking about uh, heaven. Amen. The reality of heaven. Uh, and we're looking forward to that. But uh, Wednesday night, it's the finale of the reality of hell and the lake of fire. And don't forget on Sunday morning, Sunday morning, we had a little snafu. Uh, uh, our program aired at 11.30 p.m. last night and not 11.30 a.m. Uh, so join us Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Uh, live uh, if you can. Uh, if not, you can catch us at any time, uh, you know, morning, noon, or night. Uh, it'll be there. Uh, but that is, we're continuing in our series entitled That Good Part, learning the value of sitting at Jesus' feet. And as we've been saying, it's the best place in the world. Amen. So we honor the Lord and we bless him and thank him. Amen. Once again, just a reminder, you can find all of our podcasts uh, streaming on these podcast platforms. Uh, Spreaker.com is our uh, main podcast podcast platform. You go there, you'll find all the other podcasts uh, that the Lord has uh, allowed us to produce over the years. Amen. So we thank the Lord for Spreaker.com. And for those who do listen in uh, from across the United States, uh, and around the world. We see you in uh, Barbados and Ghana and Russia and UK and India. Uh, we see you, of course, here in the United, in United States. Uh, we thank you uh, for downloading our podcast. Amen. Uh, so that's about it for tonight. Once again, I pray that you've been blessed. I pray that you heard a word that has been encouraging, enlightening, and empowering to your heart and to your life. That's why we exist here. Uh, we want to open up uh, the word of God in such a way that uh, God's people are empowered to live the life uh, that God has given us to live. We do preach and teach here the message of the cross. You can find out more about the message of the cross. Go to our website at thatstheword.org. Amen. So that's it. This is me, Michael Jakes. That's you. Hopefully we'll see you next time. May God bless you.